So we're in the middle of a series called Enemy of the State of Your Marriage. We've done two weeks. Uh, first one was on sort of fictional Hollywood, music, television, movies. Second week was on the church as an enemy of the state of your marriage. So if you've not had a chance to check those out, love you to check those out. This week we're going to talk about a third category, and then there's going to be two more weeks after this one. This third category is uh, non-fictional television, radio, I suppose, all the rest. Are um, they non-fictional? So, well, that's a We're great, this is a, this a great question. They're being presented as so-called reality TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, reality TV, that's the third enemy of the state of your marriage. Great. Let's get into that. Before we get into today's episode, just wanted to remind you that in the description of the video below, we put links to all of our social media accounts. You can always reach us with questions or comments about this episode at marriagebydesignpodcast at gmail.com. And finally, if you want to support us financially, there is a link to be able to do so at the end of each of the descriptions of our videos. Now, let's get back to the show. Hey, everybody. I'm Nathan Warnock. I'm Andrea Warnock, and you've joined us for Marriage Monday on the Marriage by Design podcast. And this is a time where we get to talk to you about God's design for marriage, what the Bible has to say about that, and how we live that out practically. But today we're talking about how the world lives out <clears throat> some sort of design for marriage. Right, right. So really the, the idea behind this enemies uh, of the state of marriage is to point out <clears throat> some of the areas in just normal secular uh, society, probably probably Western culture maybe more than Eastern, but Western culture is in the midst of where we live. So, uh, so that's what we're talking about. But where it gets marriage wrong... But here's the insidious part. It's not just about getting marriage wrong. It's about setting an expectation that this is what marriage is. Uh, And so today I want to talk about another sort of side of this that's being pushed on us. And that is in the realm of reality television. So Speaking of reality TV, if you are really following us live, (laughs) we're not reality TV, but sorry we've been gone for a little while. So we went on a trip and then we all got really sick. And so we took a little, yeah, a little, little, a little bit hiatus. of a break that we didn't that, mean. That happens. Too. Benefits of uh, getting to make the final calls, I suppose, right. on when we post and when we don't. But thanks for sticking thanks for sticking it out with us. Uh, so we're back, <clears throat> alive. Uh, so when we think about reality television, and really, if we're being honest, this is probably the one area of this five-part series that really spurred the series to begin with. Yeah. Um, because we've been really evaluating quite a bit some of these reality television situations that, that as Andrea alluded to, are presented to us as real. Now, whether you believe they actually are real or not, they're presented as reality television. And the point of even that name is, hey, here's really how people live, right? In real life, this is really uh, what can be expected. And of course, the problem is much like social media, stay tuned for a week from now, uh, much like social media, this presents this idea to you that if your own marriage 
doesn't stack up to what's being presented to you here. The problem's not with the television because that's real. It's being, you're being told. The problem is with you. And I think there are a lot of marriages that are being undermined because you're both looking at this thing that's being presented to you as real and going, well, man, my marriage doesn't look like that. Mm. And when we're talking about reality television, there's really two sort of branches I want to go down with this. The first one is just with what marriage is, right? That, that there's an agenda that's being presented on reality TV to take marriage away from what it's traditionally been designed to be and present it as something else. The second part of reality TV is just how it gets wrong, the whole idea and reality of what sex is. And so we'll talk about that a little bit uh, at the end. So, babe, this was really your kind of baby um, coming into this. So talk talk to us a little bit about what are you seeing out there in this reality TV realm and why is it so dangerous for marriage? Kind of started in on that a little bit in the first week. But I think, I think, uh, you know, there's so many things. So starting many years ago, Nathan and I were seeing things come out about, you know, polygamy and polyamory and even these, even these very devout Christian families on reality TV that are living out their faith. And, you know, all these examples of love or of commitment, marriage, whatever they want. I mean, it's marriage. The one the ones we've seen are marriage. Even the polyamory, there's, you know, marriage throughout marriages involved, quote, marriages. Right. And and seeing these and Nathan. Probably very wisely. I mean, this had to have been 10 years ago. Was like. Andrea, these are, this is the world's way of grooming society to mm. accept things that are unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, it's just entertainment. Right. And, and yes, these things in a Christian worldview are unacceptable as far as, as far as polyamory and, and polygamy and I don't know, these, what we what we think of as fringe things. But he said, no, you're going to, you're going to see that it's grooming the world for these things as normal. Right. And, um, and of course we see gay marriage and all that sort of stuff, sure. which has become very normalized. Uh, I would say primarily through, right. Uh, media. Right. <clears throat> and, uh, he was like, no, we're going to see things like, uh, no relationship with children is, be- you know, in the future, like it's grooming us to, accept 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 things that are unacceptable and he's like you will see relationships with children the media will try to push those as acceptable right eventually right and we are starting to see really some tinges of that um which is shocking to me and and anyway so these are all really ways in which the world is trying to groom us for like this is normal we need to accept these things um so yeah, I mean, we're seeing, and even these very devout Christian families living out their faith on reality TV, we're finding there's some real concerns with how they're living out marriage, you know, in front of the world. Totally. 
Yeah, I mean, so, I, look, and in the background, I, you know, you know? I, they've put themselves out there, so I don't feel like we need to be shy about calling some of these folks out. But, <clears throat> you know, I mean, the, the reality of the matter is we need to understand something up front. Nothing is presented to you without bias, right? So this is a reality of what it is to be human. This is really, at the end of the day, the silliness of people that continually are going, well, in our lifetime, you know, we're going to create a world without bias, right? And they're talking about it with regards to like race, Mm -hmm. right? The reality of the matter is to be human is to have a bias, right? Now, I'm not saying to be human is to be racist, right? But I'm just telling you no one is without bias because we're not robots, right? We've all been impacted by our growing up experience, we've all been impacted by, if you're married, by your spouse, by that relationship, by previous relationships, by teachers and professors and pastors and the media that you that you consume, television, radio, etc. All, um, right? all those things are biasing you. That's what's happening. And everyone knows that's happening. So if people are telling you that's not true, you should respond by asking them, then how come all of these groups that are trying to set narratives are always trying to get on the media, right? Why are they saying like, hey, this this underrepresented group of people, we need to get them in all of these television shows and movies. Well, why? Because they're trying to present this, hey, these, in our opinion, these folks are being left out. They need to be put up front so that people can see them and include them, right? It's an effort to, to, to sort of recondition society in their opinion. So, uh, and this, this 100%, uh, impacted the LGBTQ plus community because way before the Obergefell decision by the Supreme court legalizing gay marriage, you had, gay couples being presented in the media as not only okay and not taboo, which let's be honest at the time it was taboo. Uh, but in a lot of these shows, they were the only ones that seemed to have a clue about what it meant to be kind and loving towards each other as compared to their neighbors that were this couple heterosexual couple that were a complete train wreck. Right. And we talked about that a little bit in week one. So if you didn't have a chance to see that, I'd, I'd encourage you to go back and do that. Here's the problem. I think for a long time, people watched television. This is going to sound crazy. They watched television for entertainment. And so I think there was this natural unbiasing that went into the the culture watching television where they went, yeah, that's cute, but that's not real. Right, so they weren't drinking the Kool-Aid. Because there was no that, Kool-Aid being presented. That's right, because it look, was being presented as fiction. If you look back at the... So Nathan and I were born somewhere in the 80s. And Closer to the front end than the back end. <laughs> we were born in the 80s. And if you look back at cartoons, TV yep. shows for kids yep. when we were young, it was just for entertainment purposes. Yeah. Fun Looney Tunes. There, there was no... No one was trying to teach a lesson oh. or push an agenda with <clears throat> Looney Tunes. Right. You know, the, I don't know, Elmer Fudd being chased yeah, he by. Was, he was really he was trying to shoot remember. Bugs Bunny yeah, and he, Bugs Bunny was really right. outfoxing him. But at no point did you hear Bugs Bunny go, 
If only I could find a letter A, I would be able to defeat Elmer Fudd. Can you find a letter A? Which isn't to say that there weren't any TV shows trying to teach us anything. You know, Sesame Street it was PBS tries to teach you things, but sure. But there, but really, TV shows. Even if you just look at TV shows for kids at the time, it was largely just entertainment. Right. And then we see TV shows like Full House and Family Matters and things that were great TV shows, but they're trying to... Fresh Prince? I don't know that. I that Yeah, I don't know that they were really trying to teach lessons. Yeah, sometimes they were. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That were really um, trying... It wasn't as much entertainment or it was entertainment included with a lesson, you know? Right. A, a nice... Put in a, every episode had a bow at the end of... You bet. You know, a lesson being taught pretty basic but not necessarily an agenda just a lesson right, right? But, but here was something ho- to learn right here was hollywood's problem to tie it to what we're talking about today and i know this to be true because i've read the memos that have come out publicly <clears throat> the problem was the public wasn't getting it mm. right they, they weren't because when you watch Full House, you watch it and go, oh, I want to laugh. I want to have some fun. You know, Jesse's going to do funny stuff. DJ's going to do something stupid and then I'd almost have to pay the price. And then, you know, <clears throat> Bob Saget's going to come in and we're going to have this family lesson moment. Mm-hmm. The problem is the indoctrination side that was clearly happening. People weren't buying into it because they were watching that for entertainment. So then we started figuring out at the at the Hollywood level, you know how we can help people better drink these lessons in? We can present them as real. Yeah. Right? So if we start down this reality TV road, by definition, people are going to go, well, this isn't fiction. This is actual people. And for a really long time, now I know in 2024, now we look back and go, well, that's not real. But remember, for like... 30 years people thought WWF was real. Right? And then when we found out it wasn't, I it think like some people still do. R- sorry. <laughs> like wrecked everyone's world. Reality TV at the time was presented as real. So as we're watching that, there's this evaluation that's going on between the show and the viewer where the viewer is going, "Well, I'm not really like that." Uh, And some people are over the top, right? I mean, we get towards the end, I'm going to attack some of those MTV shows that by definition were over the top, right? But even the indoctrination in those over the top shows, it was a little more tailored because MTV was trying to to sell to a specific market. Um, But the, the messaging is still there. The real problem with reality TV is going, hey, these things are going on out there. And look, these are a good thing. Yeah, that's the <clears throat> that's the so what. So, right. So who cares if they're trying to, you know, push an agenda? Well, it's that people think, oh, these are good things. And right. these are normal things. And these are, I'm now looking to this to set my norm and to right. set the things that, that I should be accepting. Right. So early on, you had some of these talent shows, right? American Idol. America's Got Talent. <coughs> Excuse me. America's Got Talent. X Factor. One came, those those ones came a little bit later, yeah. but <clears throat> you had those. <clears throat> and then you had the big one, The Bachelor, mm-hmm. right? And The Bachelor specifically started redefining what it means to be in a relationship. And it started redefining 
what is acceptable for dating slash courting behavior? What is this actually supposed to look like? And I'd be willing to bet for most of you that watch The Bachelor, The Bachelorette early, you went, man, I didn't really date like that. Like, I didn't, like, it took me like a while to like cultivate this relationship with this woman who might now be your wife uh, or husband. And uh, this guy like shows up, goes on these amazing dates and the girl just like makes out with him or she just like makes out with him or there's this amazing chemistry that just happens immediately. Um, And it's presented as, hey, this is what it means to date. And if you think that message didn't get out, into the American people, you're denying the reality. Because, and I think we've covered this on this show, like 20 years ago, the average that women were willing to admit in in polling was that they would go on, like the cutoff was four dates before they would consider sleeping with a guy. Right? That's what they would admit. By, I think it was probably 2022 at this point, 2021 or 2020, that that number on average had fallen below one, meaning that women who were submitting to this poll were saying they're, they've found the reality now is that they have sex with men before the they go date. on a date. And the purpose behind that is a combination of well, he won't go on a date with me if if we don't have sex first. In addition to a lot of people meeting on things like Tinder, Bumble, et cetera, where, the, where there's this underlying current of this hookup thing. Mm-hmm. And sure. if that goes well, then maybe we'll go out on a date. But also this reality of, well, if we don't have sexual chemistry, we don't really have anything. See the last five minutes of this episode because yeah. we're going to talk about that specifically but these shows started coming out that were redefining what does it mean to be in a relationship a dating relationship then it grew to uh really and there's a number of shows but i'm going to pick on one specifically 16 17 18 19 and counting right that the duggar show yeah became the poster child for hey look big families are a good thing now, I would argue that TLC, when they got a hold of that show, what they were really trying to do was make the Duggars look like a, a sideshow. Yeah. Right. And right, I think if you go back and watch that show, it's pretty clear by the way that's presented that they were trying to capture the people that were watching the Duggars the way you might watch the bearded woman at, at the Ringling Brothers Circus. Right. That they were trying to present them as freaks from the beginning. The Duggars at least from what they've said, don't believe that. But when I go back and watch it, that subtext to me is is pretty clear. <clears throat> the, the greater problem with the Duggars is now we know for sure that uh, that show was a lot of things, but what it wasn't was reality. Mm. Uh, th- th- this, th- yeah, it was leaving a lot of reality out of it. 
Sure. I mean, you can even you can go and read uh, Jill Duggar's book, which I would encourage. I think it's pretty good. Um, who's the other Duggar Ginger. girl? Ginger wrote a book uh, that, that I, we haven't read all of, but seems pretty good. But they say it in there, the reality we know to be Jill true does. of reality TV, where you know there was things that would happen that were looked like spontaneous. And of course they weren't right. These were things that were produced. They were directed. There were takes happening, meaning more than once. Uh, and just so I'm clear on definitions. Uh, if you're, if you have a writer, a director and a producer who are taking multiple takes, what you no longer have is reality, is reality. Sure. because they're, they're producing something that's tailored towards eyeballs. And of course, the problem is with the Duggars, what was really going on was a lot of hypocrisy. Right? It was being presented as this godly Christian family. But the reality of what the Duggars believed from a spiritual standpoint, from a theological standpoint, just simply doesn't align with the Bible. And I, I, I'm, uh, Jim Bob, you're welcome to send me an email and I'll sit down and have this debate with you. But I've looked into the reality of, uh, you know, that whole thing that they were into IBLP, mm -hmm. uh, and it just simply doesn't align with what the Bible right. says the end. Right. So what transitioned then was this transition from look at this freak show family. I'm talking about from a TLC standpoint. Look at this freak show family to see the God thing doesn't work. And that was clearly but what does? where where it's come to here. What does? Right. All so, these other so, all these right. other now praise the Lord. And this sounds really that mean. Again, that don't but, line up but, Bible, yeah. but what had happened towards the end of the Duggars was, hey, see this mom and dad hetero family that's following God and now it's turning out to be a train wreck? That doesn't work, but look at sister wives. Which right? the, the, has fallen apart too. But, he, he, no, or, that's, why, that's what I was saying. It, or, it sounds mean, but, but you know, I think the Lord has intervened and praised the Lord that these show that these companies, that they're willing to put blood, you know, if it bleeds, it leads, that sort of thing. Um, but I have to admit it pained, or I have to guess it pained some people in those studios greatly to have to show yeah. how this whole polyamorous thing is a train wreck too. Yeah. Um, because for a while, for sure, the, the sort of Duggar thing was on the way into implosion. And, and there was definitely this narrative of, man, but look how... This polygamous thing. What's his face makes it work? Cody. Right, Cody. Look mm -hmm. how Cody manages these women and they love him and there's they have kids and they each have their own responsibilities and these women are empowered because, you know, they're kind of, they're the ones in charge and they don't need a man because Cody's sort of just over here doing Cody stuff. Turns out that was a complete <laughs> lie almost from the beginning in ways that could easily be documented by the Bible because in the Bible, while there was polyamory, it was never blessed by the Lord and always resulted in a mess for the people that <laughs> were involved in it. And so years ago, when this polyamorous thing was happening, I was going, that's going to end poorly. Mm -hmm. And what I said was, I at least hope they will show the implosion. Right. Which they have a bit, but let's be honest, if you didn't follow that on social media, would you see a lot of that? Like, how much of that is making mainstream television? I don't know. I don't watch the show anymore. 
So, right. Yeah, the, is it even still running? I don't even I know. I think so. I okay. think they're any, I don't know. They're okay. But well, <clears throat> point is it was presented as, Hey, this is an alternative to marriage that works really well. Yeah. Right. Um, and those shows are going to continue to be presented. And of course, next week when we talk social media, we're going to, there's going to be a bit of crossover here because of course media's changed, right? Right. Things that are presented as television are now more and more coming out in form of yeah. social media instead of in traditional television. Um, but I think, and we just have to be so careful so to not careful. look to the media to define what works right. and what doesn't. Are we going to really trust the Lord that marriage between one man and one woman yep. for the entirety of their natural lives is what works? And I don't mean works as in, oh, it's just going to be the best. I mean, you're just never going to have problems, right. but it's what's, first of all, it's what's blessed by the Lord. Right. So, are you going to choose a relationship that you know is something that the Lord blesses? Right. And it's and it's something that points to the Lord. You know, it points to our relationship with Christ. Yep. So are we going to choose that or are we going to look at these other things that the world is trying to push and the world is trying to say, oh, this works too, this right. works too. Right. Accept this, accept this. Right. Are we going to look to those things and say, oh, I think I have to accept those things because if I don't, then the world's going to say what I am is unloving. Right. And, and it's not true. Just because you believe something and you choose to follow something doesn't mean that you can't love people who aren't following of course. things that are antithetical to what you're doing. But you don't have to accept something to right. love to love people. No, that's, that, I think that's, that's exactly I think that's right. what the media um, continues to try to say is that because we're we don't accept certain things we're not loving right right no, i can love you and still not accept what you're doing and and that can be lived out in your personal life that can be lived out when we're talking about media and television shows and and all that sort of thing um i i can love without accepting and of course we know this to be true right in reality speaking out against something that's wrong is in fact the loving thing to do. And it happens with raising kids. That's exactly all the, time. the example I was just going to use. I love my children, but I'm not going to accept them lying to me. It's well, wrong. I, I'm not going to say, oh, I love you. I know, and you want to lie to me. I'm just going to accept that. It's okay if you feel like lying is right. Right. We're just going to live in this world where I guess we're just going to accept your truth. Right. An even simpler example than that. Tons of people watching this have probably been to one of those hibachi grills before where they cook on the grill top in front of you. Mm. What's the first thing that a loving parent says Don't to their child? Don't touch this. It's very hot. Right. So Don't which, get anywhere near it. Right. So uh, in a sense, is that limiting their behavior? Obviously. Is it loving? Yes. I mean, I think mm -hmm. it's pretty clear that it is. And so if we see other people that are engaged in a behavior that is not God honoring and we believe that's harmful for them, is it the love? Now, you might disagree with me about whether it's actually harmful, but if I believe it is, because I believe that the Bible is the definitive authority on marriage, it's actually unloving for me to say nothing. Now, can I say it in an unloving way? Obviously. Right, and that's upon, that's upon Christians to, to make sure we are thinking about how we're handling situations with humility. 
Um, but we have a responsibility to stand up for God honoring marriage because we believe that if it's not God honoring, honoring marriage, it's going to result in a disaster. And I believe the Duggars and the sister wives are a good example of that. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but what I want for you guys to take away from this episode is to think about your own marriage as Christians. Are you looking in the Bible to what God says marriage is because there's a lot of stuff out there that's being presented as Christian marriage. Sure. I mean, I, I, I mean, both there's... sister wives and Duggars and many other TV shows are following religion. Right. That's not what the Bible says. Right. I mean, there, and there's a lot out there right now about like, uh, consent, right? That's a big thing as if consent makes something God honoring or not, where it's like, you know, there's a there's a big byline out there. The hot one right now is this open relationship idea, mm-hmm. right? And even I've I've seen a number of Christian quote unquote influencers who are pushing this as like a well, you know, if if it's if there's consent between as if God's design for marriage was that affairs hurt people. And so if you're not hurting anyone, who cares if you have an affair? That's the way it's being presented, right? And in fact, it actually enriches our relationship because it exposes us to other things Is what that saying. make yeah. us love our spouse more. It's a, it's a great lie out there right now, uh, but it's a lie and it's a sin. Um, and uh, we don't get to consent around things God says not to do. And that's just an example that, that I would ask you, beg you, really, spend some time in your own marriage thinking about, man, what what stuff are we letting reality TV around us, whether it's reality social media posts or reality television, influence the way I think about marriage? Or am I really coming back to what God says about marriage and letting that be enough. Okay, last thing I want to talk about this episode. Um, and we've talked uh, quite a bit on this channel about uh, sex and how it's what it's been blown up to be. But I just want to take a moment uh, to just say road rules, you know, or the rest of those, the, the house real one, real world, all, all the, and I know those are older because those were kind of in vogue. Yeah, when people we are were, like, what are you when, talking about? Right. They're MTV uh, shows. When, when we were growing up. up. But there are these one, uh, uh, Jersey Shore. <clears throat> um, I'm sure there's a whole bunch Before of Obama others. Shore. Uh, they're, they oftentimes when you watch those, you go, man, these people are crazy. Like they're, these are not real people. Um, and that's in most cases true. But the problem with that show is it presents sex as this, like the 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 sort of the golden, you know, achievement in a relationship, right? That what's really most important in relationship is this crazy, mysterious, spontaneous, uh, you know, just sort of ultimate of the of of what you can experience in a relationship and that message has been bought hook line and sinker by guys and girls all over the place uh, and we see that in like that statistic i quoted earlier where it's really just like hey if, if we don't have good you know mind-blowing sex then let's not even bother with the actual relationship part because what really matters is the sex and uh it creates uh a heresy because uh, sex is like if you're thinking about marriage, a relationship as a train. Sex is like, you know, one of the coal cars or 
probably even the caboose. Like the, 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 the great mind blowing sex piece comes because you've built the rest of the train, not as the, as the, the engine driving the train. And there's an awful lot of relationships, Christian and otherwise that, uh, seal the deal on marriage because they went down the sex road, uh, not in God's timing, things went well, or that was a solve that sort of salve that sort of helped them over other, uh, marital humps. And so they pull the trigger on marriage and now, uh, here they are. And then they go, well, what happened to the sex side of this? And then the marriage starts to fall apart. And it's because, uh, we've bought into this idea that's definitely being pushed by, uh, these reality TV shows that is the most important thing in any relationship if you want to be successful is that you have amazing sex. And if you don't, you're probably just not compatible and you should move on to someone with which you can have that. Um, and it's just, it's not real. It's not how God presents sex. And so I just, I want to put that specifically if you're if you're watching this episode to say, be very careful how you're, who you're letting define what is good and not good sex. Um, because there definitely is an agenda out there uh, of people wanting to define it a certain way. Uh, and it's going to result in you feeling like somehow you screwed up um, because uh, it's never going to be like a lot of these reality shows present it. So just wanted to throw that out there. The Anything you'd add on to that? Nope. Okay. <clears throat> Guys, thank you so much. Uh, for joining us, so so glad to be back. Um, and uh, first of all, I'm glad to not be on my deathbed. Sick, oh yeah, uh, I'm or so have glad to other be people healthy. in our house our house that way. Uh, but also glad to just be able to spend some time with the community and and talk to you guys a little bit. So thanks so much for being here. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, we'll release sort of a preview later in the week. Uh, about what we're going to talk about next week if you were not paying attention earlier in this episode. Uh, but man, we'd love to have you back next week. Love to have you share this with someone who you feel like, man, they'd really benefit from a Christian uh, practical perspective on marriage and relationship. Uh, if you want to communicate with us, love to have you do that as well. Marriagebydesignpodcast.gmail.com. Until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us. And remember, God is for your marriage. <laughs>